வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் வர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ எம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா லெஸ் பிகின் த ஷோ டுடேஸ் அவர் கெஸ்ட் இஸ் பிரையன் ஈஸ்ட்மேன் ஃப்ரம் சேஃப் கார்ட் அட்வைசர்ஸ் எல்எல்சி வெல்கம் பிரையன் ஹாய் தேங்க்ஸ் ஃபார் ஹேவ் மீ ஆன் ஷூர் ஷூர் அண்ட் தேங்க் யூ வெரி மச் பிரையன் and a little bit about brian brian isman is a principal and senior consultant at safeguard advisors llc a self directed retirement plan provider headquarters in boulder colorado mr isman has personally worked with thousands of independent investors over the years and has a deep understanding not only of the tax framework that governs self directed retirement plans but how to actually use such plans successfully in a variety of real estate and alternative asset investment types Mr Eastman has been investing in real estate personally and with his self-directed plan for 15 years and has participated in subdivision development flipping properties rentals lease options and trusted financing of various types of property so with that brand should you like to add anything to your background no just uh, you know we we uh, have a very niche business and have developed a, a ton of expertise over the year to help other investors learn about and, and take advantage of these strategies to to work with retirement savings and alternative assets it's what we do got it so and you have been investing in real estate personal land with self directed plan for over 15 years so into different asset classes so would you share a little bit more about your experience using self directed iras Yeah, you know, a, a lot of what people do with these plans is invest in what they know and and what their network is and things like that. And while I've been involved in a lot of different types of real estate transactions over the years, the two things that I really like the best with my retirement plan are the most passive ways uh, to put money to work and it just has to do with time and and where I have my connections of trust. So I with my IRA, uh done a lot of private lending, short-term lending to people who are flipping houses, for example, because I've flipped houses and I can underwrite those deals and kind of know, you know, when a deal makes sense and whether it's going to execute successfully. I uh, understand the contracts around that. I also like some some private real estate funds. Uh, some some folks I know run some funds that do larger scale debt or will uh, acquire commercial income properties things like warehousing space or medical research lab space things like that so those those types of professionally managed funds uh, are the things that that I do because they allow me to just sort of put my money away and watch what happens you know if I do a good job on the diligence on the front end there's not a lot of work uh, we have clients who want to get more involved and be hands on and run rental properties and, and do other types of transactions so we've got a lot of expertise in that but as far as the IRA I like those passive ways of investing you have deep understanding not only on the tax framework that counts self directed retirement plans but how how to actually use such plans successfully in a variety of real estate and alternative asset investment types so would you share a little bit more about that Well, you know, there's there's two sides to this type of investing. There's having the mechanics, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about how these plans are structured and how you get, you know, the flexibility to invest differently. But, you know, having checkbook in your hand and the ability to put money to work is different than understanding how to navigate a real estate deal or a lending contract or things like that. And the fact that on our team, we've got people who've done that personally, both with their IRA and and with their own dollars. Uh, we've worked with thousands and thousands of clients over the years, so we've seen all kinds of different deal structures. 
in transactions. We, we speak the language. And so when somebody comes to us with a, a deal that they're trying to put together and they want to make sure it makes sense for their IRA, we understand what they're talking about, not having to be educated on what the transaction means. And that just really allows us to get to the heart of the, the matter as far as the tax sheltering and does it does it fit the IRS rules and things like that. So just that ability we have in the space makes it easier for us to do our job on the retirement plan side. Got it. And so what kind of self-directed IRA options available for investors now? Well, we focus on on plans that provide what's called checkbook control, which for most investors in real estate is going to be the most powerful and effective and, and efficient way to do this. So we're not a third-party custodian where we hold funds and sign documents and cut checks and, and, and act as a processing agency, but rather we're going to build legal structures that give our clients direct control over the funds. And there's a couple different ways that we build that. Anytime we're, we're speaking with a new investor, we'll spend a little bit of time doing some discovery and see what their situation and goals are. But we have uh, IRA-based solutions that are available. We also have 401k-based solutions. I'll sort of talk for the most part about kind of the IRA route because it's more common. You know, the 401k is limited to people who are self-employed and have their own owner-only business. Uh, and as far as investing in rules, the plans are very, very similar. The difference is just sort of the back-end retirement plan. But pretty much any type of existing retirement money that's eligible to be moved, so basically anything other than your current employee your 401k, that's probably going to be locked up in that plan. If you've got an old employer 401k or an IRA that you've set up somewhere, that can be moved and set up in a self-directed format. So how can using self-directed IRA, we can invest into apartment syndications? Yeah, well, let me, let me back up just a little bit. I wanted to pause there, but you know, filling out with the plans because understanding the plan mechanic helps with understanding the investments. In the IRA, the way we deliver checkbook control is this, this two-layered structure. We'll have an IRA with a specialty institution acting as the custodian, and we have the IRA make a single investment into either an LLC or a trust, depending on some of the details of location and, and investment interest. But we'll say LLC. It's the most, most common format out there. So you've got this IRA that owns the LLC, and then the IRA account holder can be the manager and run that LLC and use the LLC to make their investments. And that's the vehicle we call checkbook control, because now you're not reliant on that third-party custodian to sign every document, cut every check, and sort of be the intermediary. You can directly invest. So in, in, in all the structures we create, at some layer, maybe maybe it's fabricated slightly differently, but there's that, that same concept, a legal entity under the umbrella of the retirement plan where the account holder has signing authority. That's the end goal of all of our plan formats. So in that, that, that the most common instance where you have an IRA-owned LLC, it's the LLC now that's the investor in any potential opportunity. So going to your next question about how, to, how does that happen in, say, a real estate syndication, got this IRA-owned LLC, you've moved a certain amount of money that you want to invest in this fashion uh, into the structure, and now the LLC is going to go and be a limited partner and sign up and subscribe to the entity that's being put together to run the project. The transaction from the LLC checking account that you'll have, uh, any income that's eventually produced either through, you know, say, quarterly distributions or the eventual you know, sale and close out of the project goes back to the LLC, and that'll all be under the tax umbrella of the IRA. Got it. And at what stage he uh, uh, need to start initiate this process and how long it will take to you know use IRA uh, funds to invest into apartments? Yeah, that's a great question because a lot of people kind of find an investment and then they're scrambling to try and get a plan set up. It does typically take three to four weeks 
to get a plant set up and funded. And the large majority of that's getting money moved. It's just it's a very highly regulated process, mostly around you know security of your funds uh, so that they, they stay tax sheltered and securely move from one institution to another. But it's about a three to four week process in total to set up the plan and get the money moved from an old retirement plan into the new structure and ready to make an investment. And of course, our big part of our services is holding people's hand through that, keeping our eye on the ball, making sure it all goes smoothly, catching any you know potential paperwork hiccups that are going to slow things down and and get those solved so that we can get people up and running as quickly as possible. Got it. And so what steps one need to take for IRS compliance? This is all still IRA money. And the the fact that you get to invest more broadly as part of the tax code always has been just, you know, a little different than the services offered by Wall Street firms in terms of the choices of the mechanics. And the key thing to understand when working with IRA or 401k money is is this is still tax-sheltered money. And in exchange for that tax-sheltered status, there's certain rules about just keeping things very separate and, and exclusively for the benefit of growing the plan value. So we don't deploy our money in ways that create any kind of personal today benefit by a house that we want to go live in, for example, or a house for our kid to rent from our IRA while they're in college. You know, there's certain people that your IRA can't deal with, and that's a list referred to as disqualified persons, which is the account holder, their spouse if they're married, lineal family, so just straight up and down on the family tree, parents, grandparents, children, grandchildren, the spouse of a descendant, or an entity such as a business or trust, that one of those family members control. So that's who you need to avoid uh, in any interaction with your IRA. So for instance, if you were going to be the general partner and put together a real estate partnership to go buy an apartment complex, that's great. You can do that. Your IRA couldn't come and be a limited partner in that deal that you're running. Your IRA could go be a limited partner in somebody else's deal, but not in your own deal. So that's the kind of separation that we need to keep. Got it. That's great information. So, so any restrictions or limitations uh, with self-directed IRS investing into real estate or apartments? Well, the restrictions are, you know, who you can't uh, intersect with. You know, again, you can't, you know, if the general partner is one of those disqualified persons or something like that, you need to just avoid the transaction. To simply the act of being a limited partner in a partnership that's going to invest in real estate, that's pretty clean. There's few things I'll, I'll get into here in a moment that there's some details that you want to be concerned of. But no, it's just the IRA is investing in this partnership and the income from that partnership will flow back to the IRA is the basic concept. Okay, got it. From passive investors point of view, so what kind of taxes they need to pay over the cycle of your investment? So that's the, the more specialized thing that typically comes into play in syndications. So I want to make sure we discuss this. But if just for comparison, if you were going to invest in a single family home with your IRA and your IRA was going to pay all cash to buy that home, you're not creating any taxable income and there's no tax return that's required. It all flows back to the IRA. The IRA custodian does some standard IRA reporting, just like a Vanguard or Fidelity or E-Trade would do. It's pretty simple. It's all tax sheltered under the umbrella. When we get into real estate syndications and some other potential types of real estate deals, it's usually not an all-cash transaction. There's usually a combination of investor capital and debt. And the presence of that debt does two things. Firstly, it boosts your return. Leverage is a powerful tool. It's a great thing. But it creates a situation now where the IRA has some potentially taxable income. And the concept is that you know the IRA is tax-exempt on the income that's produced from the IRA's capital. But in a leveraged investment, the IRA is also receiving gain that comes from the non-IRA capital, the borrowed money that's in the deal. So typical syndication, maybe it's 30% investor money and 70% bank money. Well, that project is 70% debt financed. And that means that 70% of the income isn't coming from the IRA. It's coming from the non-IRA source. So that portion is viewed as taxable. 
if you're doing an all-cash deal, there's no taxes. You don't have deductions. You can't deduct against non-existent taxes. Well, now that we introduce taxation in this scenario, you can take advantage of deductions. And as we all know, if we're real estate investors, real estate is one of the most deduction-favorable assets of the U.S. tax code. So there's going to be a ton of ways that you're going to reduce that taxable income and the impact of the tax is therefore largely mitigated. I mean, you'll still have a little bit of tax amount, but it's typically trivial. If for most syndication investors, maybe a, a half a percent of the overall gain at the end of the day is going to get lost to taxation. But the concept is you know, maybe 70% of the, de- the deal is debt finance, so 70% of the gross income is taxable. You then apply that same ratio, in this case, 70% of your allowable deductions like depreciation, uh, interest on the note, uh, operating expenses like property taxes and insurance and management fees, things like that. So it's going to be a lot less than that 70%. That's ultimately taxed. There's also just a thousand dollar exemption straight off the top. Uh, so usually, you know, your typical hundred thousand dollar investor in a you know mid range performing, uh, you know, twelve to fourteen uh, percent syndication might have a three four hundred dollar tax bill at the end of the year on seven eight thousand dollars worth of income that's been produced uh, from the project. So uh, a little bit of friction for bringing that non IRA money in. But the non-IRA money boosts the return of the IRA money, and you're not going to lose that boost. You'll see a little friction against it, but you'll still see that boost from leverage. So it's just important to understand the framework and have a tax professional who can do the separate tax return that's required for your IRA. Uh, But you can still see very, very good results through the power of leverage. Got it. So that's great information. Good to know that. And so would you share any best practices with self-directed IRS investments into real estate and apartment investing? You know, any type of investing, it's not a ready, fire, aim kind of place. And we get a lot of that. People will get out on the internet and they learn something, they want to move in a hurry, and it's just rush, rush, rush. Well, that's just not what you do with your retirement nest egg, right? So you just want to make sure you give yourself some time, learn, ask questions, get professionals on your team. We're going to be a professional that deals with a large majority of anything doing with this topic, but you might want to have a CPA if, if you're going to be doing leveraged investments and have tax returns and know early what your bookkeeping requirements are going to be. If you're investing as a limited partner, you're going to get a K-1 and hand it to your CPA. Not a lot, not a lot of book work you do there, but you just want to, you want to have things lined up. You don't want to be getting to the middle of March and realizing, oh shoot, my IRA has to do a tax return and scrambling to get that done with it. You know, it might not be your CPA who does that IRA tax return. You might need to find a specialist. So just planning ahead. And of course, you know, when you, when you start taking control of your investments and investing in things that you choose, the importance of diligence you know, becomes much, much higher. You know, you're not relying on publicly vetted, publicly traded and and SEC scrutinized investments. Not that there isn't fraud and malfeasance in the, you know, mainstream corporate world too, but um, you you just want to, you know, operate with your eyes open and make sure that you're within your own comfort level and and engaging professionals where you need them. Those are really the the key things to, to keep Got it. So would you share any of your best experience investing with self-directed IRS into real estate or any apartments or anything? Well, my very favorite real estate deal is my very first one, which I did back in 2005. And I was sort of half working a day job in the tech world and still fully working, but I was doing that. And I was also flipping my first house and it took me four months to flip this house. It should have taken me three weeks. Well, I actually made probably 20 grand more because prices were just accelerating so much that my inefficiency actually ended up in a, in a higher sell price. 
at a better time of year. So that, that's one of my, my favorites just as a, as a laugher. But, you know, I've had a lot, of, a lot of good deals. It's always nice to build those connections with people who know what they're doing in a, in a specific, specific space and be able to watch things happen. I mean, you know, taking a kind of rundown, you know, what used to be a, a farm that's now in neglect and see it turned into six shiny new houses is, is kind of fun to watch. And uh, I've enjoyed being able to participate in that stuff. Got it. And thank you. So would you also share any of challenging experiences with investing using self-directed IRA? Sure. Well, you know, where we see challenges is just when people are, are maybe a little bit over their head, you know, thinking, oh, I can manage a, a rental house and they really don't have any experience with landlording or they're trying to do things remotely and, and maybe not having the, the right feet on the ground and visibility to what's really going on. And, and, and that's where you can potentially get yourself trouble. Obviously, you, you can invest remotely if you do your homework and you get the right team in place. But if you just kind of rush into something because the numbers look good, situations where, you know, maybe that neighborhood's not as good as advertised and call in the middle of the night that crackheads broke in and stole all the plumbing out of your basement and stuff like that. So it's just it's just always again that making sure that you really have an eye on what's going on is the main thing to of. Got it. So anything else you want to add on self directed IRA side? Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's such a unique little space. We've really enjoyed uh, participating in it over the years and, and, and evangelizing to, to folks who maybe, you know, didn't know about this or maybe have heard a little bit about it and got maybe confused reading the internet and realizing, oh, gee, there's actually experts you can, you can talk to. And that's what we do. You know, we got people who are interested in this and they want to learn about whether it's possible. Everything's a one-on-one consultation. Everybody's situation is a little different, but if people want to learn about uh, what we do, we encourage them to, to give us a ring and we'll, we'll walk them through the details course, anytime we're doing a, an event like this and, and you're bringing folks to our door, there's there's a $100 discount on our services that's available to people. Got it. And so what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now, Brian. Frankly, I've just been on autopilot. I've, I've got some folks that I work with and they just turn deals up and down and, and I'm just I've been doing the same stuff we've been doing for a while, which is some lending to people who flip for the most part. I got a couple of funds I'm in that are long term plays. I've been very much focused on growing the business. I uh, climate has changed as a result of, of COVID and more people being home and having time to research this and people wanting to look at alternatives to publicly traded assets. And I mean, our, our business has been growing. We've been adding staff and, and redoing some of the technology. So it, it's been a very uh, intensive and yet rewarding and exciting year, but it hasn't really been on the investing side. It's been in other places. Got it. And thank you. So any one advice that impacted your life? You know, it, it's really just making sure to Get out there and, and ask questions and introduce yourself and just never be shy to share share things with other people. You know, you share some value and somebody turns around and shares something of value back with you and you learn something and you see some insight and it just happens in so many little incremental ways as you get out and, and network and develop a pathway that you're you're following. So it's just that that idea to never just sort of get comfortable and go sit in a corner. Always get out and, and mix it up and learn new stuff. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? Just very separate from what we do. We have a, a son who plays very elite level hockey. So we're involved in that program. And that oftentimes involves hosting young visiting players, participating in some of the volunteer activities that go along with that. Been involved in different things over the years and some environmental stewardship. And uh, my son used to be in Boy Scouts. He's graduated out all that. But those types of things are spread it around a little bit, but always trying to make sure to keep things real local and, and be active and participating. Got it. Cool. And how can listeners can connect with you? 
Our website is ira123.com. You can safeguard advisors at ira123.com. We're in uh, Denver, or Boulder, Colorado, Mountain Time Zone. We're here uh, 8 30 to 5 uh, Monday through Friday. But you can visit the website. You can self. Everything starts with a consultation. Usually takes you know 15, 25 minutes, somewhere in that range, to sort of get a feel for what somebody's situation is and explain the details and develop a, a, a proposal. They're mostly similar, but just details around the fringes for everybody we talk to. But yeah, just you know, set up that uh, you can set up a, a schedule online or call in the, the main desk. So, and any offer for uh, our listeners? We have a $100 referral discount for anybody who mentions uh, having found us through this show. And thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for sharing more value about a self-directed IRA. Thank you very much. Certainly. Thanks for having me on. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.